Is your business thinking about starting a podcast? Is it something that you've wanted to do but don't know how to resource? Or maybe you don't have the time. Or maybe it's just something that you think, hey, you know what? We have other priorities and this is going to be a tough sell to the executive team. Well, that's what we're talking about today. I bring on Cami Doder. She is the CMO at Aspirient and they are a financial services company but have started their own podcast where they dive deep into money tales. I love this conversation and I think it's useful for the marketers out there who want to start a podcast themselves to see, hey, what is the value? Hey, how do we start this? What can I expect? What are some of the hurdles we might face? So if you've been thinking about starting a podcast, I think this is going to be the episode for you. But before we get into the show, as always, we put on this podcast here at Cave. We are a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow primarily through paid and organic social media. So if you need help on either of those, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us. We'd love to help you out. All right, sit back, relax, enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me is the CMO at Asperian, Cami Doder. Cami, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jordan. How are you? I am doing well. I am excited to have you on, talk all things podcast, podcast for business, podcast creation. Why should you do it if you're a business? But before we get into that, I want to hear your story. Can you walk me through your kind of career journey to date? Were you always intending to be a marketer? Was it accidental? Walk me through that journey and then let's get into podcasting. I'd love to, Jordan. So as you said, I'm Cami Doder, Chief Marketing Officer and a partner at a firm by the name of Asperient. We're a independent wealth management firm. And my story is I come out of business school and I join a global financial services firm in their private client services group. So that's high net worth dealing with people with a lot of money. And in that job, I was supposed to do sales and marketing and client service, kind of in that order. And I was really troubled by that. It's a large mandate and really hard to be exceptional in all those things at the same time. And I eventually found the firm that I'm with today as uh, it's an independent firm, as I mentioned. And my job, I was hired to only work with future clients of the firm. So sales and marketing. And I loved it. So I did both before I became the marketer um, and a focus standpoint. At that time, we're managing $2.5 billion in assets, which is a lot of money, and helping clients which who are individuals, they're executives, they're entrepreneurs, and they're family business owners, helping them and their families make really smart financial decisions. And I love that my job was to help the future clients and not trying to do everything for everybody. So when we think about marketing, I'll just give you a quick, before we dive into any other topics, like you said, podcasts, we are B2C. It's a service business and it's a very high touch. Our clients have complexity in their lives. With money comes complexity and important decisions and impactful decisions. And so we help these families making confident decisions. And we talk about bringing confidence, context, and clarity. So how we've been building in, along the lines is really, it's a big referral business. Our clients refer in the next client because they're sitting on the boards of a business that's about to go public and they want to help 
you know, their, their people manage their life while they also can focus on managing their business, right? So we get a ton of referrals. So marketing does a lot to help support those efforts. And then we're doing now a lot more to drive marketing-driven, really source business. And that's all our digital efforts we're doing, and which has been really fun. One component in supporting of all that, not necessarily lead gen, has been the Money Tales podcast, which we launched in 2020. So that's a brief overview. We can dive in anything you'd like, Jordan. I love it. So walk me through, I guess, the premise of Money Tales or the idea when it came up, when you're like, you or your team was like, we need to start talking about money. We need to get it out there. We need to do this because a lot of people are hush-hush. A lot of the business owners are hush-hush and we keep it close to chest and we're terrified, I think, sometimes <laughs> of it. Um, so walk me through those initial phases of, yeah, like where'd the idea come from and then kind of what it took to get the ball rolling. You said it perfectly. We Like we talk about money. Money is possibly the final taboo. We talk about everything else in society, but money still is something that's got some aspects that people are uncomfortable with and not even dollars and cents. We don't have to talk dollars and cents, but just your values and your relationship with money and all that. So when we were coming up with the idea of the podcast, my co-host, Sandy Breaker, who's also a partner at the firm, she and I were talking about in client meetings, how often clients will say when they're having these really important conversations with us, how thankful they are that they're having this opportunity, which got us talking about how do we bring this externally? How do we bring this taboo to life and deconstruct it and make it really approachable on the opportunity? So we're trying to demonstrate productive money conversations. And when we launched the podcast, we, to your next question, we committed to nine episodes. We said, let's just do nine. And about the third one in, not only from the feedback from the guests saying, wow, that was so interesting. And I was scared to talk about money, but I felt so comfortable and you made it comfortable. That just encouraged us to keep this going. So we did. And we're on our, we're in the seventies, if not eighties soon. Wow. Uh, number of episodes. I love it. One of the things we've had with this show, and I'd love to hear at least if, if you've had this similar thing take place, we've had people reach out to us and they go, I like the show because I don't feel alone when I hear other people's stories and their challenges in marketing and their challenges sitting at the executive table. And I can come to the show and get kind of reassurance that like, I'm not crazy, you know? And I love, I think there's a parallel there, you know, with the, the money conversations is that for the listener and probably past guests, when they come back and hear these stories to go like, oh, right, I'm just a human being who's trying my best and other people are having these same <laughs> issues. Has that been feedback that's come your way? That has been along those lines. So we've heard from listeners saying that it empowered them to have money conversations when they were in trying to solve a real estate issue. They're, uh, where they were living, the home was being sold. They need to solve a, a pretty complex, expensive situation. And it, this inspired this person to be more confident with money conversations. So that's one. What I love, one of the topics that comes up a lot is just the idea that by talking about something, whether it's a money mistake or money, a fear that you should know more than you do about money by talking about it, it brings that elephant down to a little mouse, that elephant in the room that seems so scary, but just talking about it. And that's what we've heard. And that's what guests have reinforced. And it's been really a valuable part of the podcast. I love that. Now, in terms of you and your co-host are both partners, I'm assuming there are other partners at the firm. Was it tough to get buy-in? Was it, hey, you have 
X amount of time, go bananas. Like walk me through how that happened because I'm thinking now for the listener who wants to get a podcast going, right? What steps should they go through to kind of pitch that and get that going? It's an important question. And I'll say podcasting is not an expensive proposition. So it wasn't a, a big cost. It's not too expensive to create these, but it's a big investment of time. And currently it's really nights and weekends that we're doing this work. Our, we still have our day jobs. I'm still a CMO and this is a component of my job, but it's an add-on. And what I love is our leadership is really open to supporting ideas if you bring a really thoughtful idea to the table and the reason why you want to do this. So when we brought Money Tales to our executive committee, you know, the conversation was about this is an opportunity for us to not tell people our value proposition, but to demonstrate our value proposition. And that's something that Jordan, I know you experienced. I really love what you're doing at Mind Your Marketing Podcast. You demonstrate your expertise through these conversations. And we can put banners and update our website with our unique value proposition and what makes us special. And that's important because you get down to the essence, but demonstrating it so people can feel it in this example, a podcast or whatever format is really powerful. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's two big things I pull from that. One, the halo effect of the show of just you get out there, you start putting content out, people reshare it, and suddenly you're positioned or your company is positioned as knowledgeable in the space. And the brand reach, like we started the show as a COVID project, and then I blinked and 40,000 people had downloaded it. And I said, <laughs> what happened? We didn't spend a dollar on advertising. Like, just we just use what we knew with marketing and we said we're going to make this show stand on its own two legs we're just going to go and you know put the appropriate blog post we embed certain episodes that are useful to, in certain blog posts and high performing pages and things like that that okay oh that really worked well for us more people get it more people share with their their friends so to have us you know position better and stand out has really helped and then two which is one of those things that I kind of thought would happen, but I didn't know to the magnitude, would just be building the professional relationship and building the relationship with the guests. Not in like a, oh, you're in a sales funnel way, but like truly like now we're connected on LinkedIn. Oh, Cammy, if you do another interview somewhere else, I listen to it, I share it. We've talked for an hour. Like actually having these relationships with people has just been like unbelievable. I needed to hire somebody. I put it on LinkedIn. I had 300 people apply. People are talking about the great resignation. I had a bunch of CMOs be like, reposting the job, reposting the job. Check this out. We want to work with Jordan, blah, blah, blah. I found a candidate in like 48 hours and they've been awesome. And that's the power of the network, right? So those two things I found to just be hard to measure, but definitely existing. Have you oh my gosh. found that through like the, the guest connection and like, Walk me through if that's happened at all for you. I am so glad you brought that up because like you did not consider it as we were launching this podcast. Wasn't a factor, but it's priceless. And the relationship through this conversation, I mean, think about it. We're talking with them about money. <laughs> but honestly, like it's just a really amazing thing that through a conversation, you develop a relationship that is so deep and so special. And as we say, and it, it's very authentic, they are part of the family. Once you've been on our show, you are part of the family. And I'll share just last night, one of our guests, who's a pretty amazing guy, a, a very successful television writer, emailed my co-host, Sandy and I, recommending another guest for the show and said, oh, you got to meet this person. And I was just so flattered because 
not because he's helping us get a guest. Sure. That's, that's wonderful. But that our relationship is so strong that he thought of us for this person. And now we get to expand our guest network, expand my relationships. It's been really, really a wonderful, I don't know, icing on the cake of what Money Tales has done. I love it. I, I think we could probably talk about this all day, but I'm going to cue up the listener now to say, look, if this intrigued you, it's not a high cost endeavor. Like Hemi said, it's a high time endeavor, but figure out how to build a system where you can get people scheduled. You can show up, record, find an editor, and then get your business podcast out there and commit to doing more than three or four episodes, you know, commit to nine, <laughs> commit to 10, commit to 20. And you'll start to see that, Hey, this can actually really perform and, and help you in your business and help create relationships. Cami, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Can you one, let people know where they can connect with you. And then two, let's just tell them again to go where they can find the show. Thank you so much, Jordan. Absolutely. So you can connect with me probably best as LinkedIn. Uh, it's really a great resource. So Cami Doter uh, via LinkedIn. And then please, all your favorite podcasting platforms, you can find Money Tales or head on over to Experience website, Aspirient, A-S-P-I-R-I-A-N-T and .com and then forward slash podcast, plural. That's where you can find us and find all of our, our episodes. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have a conversation about money with you. Amazing. I will put links to all of those in the show notes. Uh, Cami, thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Oh,